Hello everyone. I hope all of you sports fans out there are enjoying the different sports seasons. I know I'm excited for the NFL playoffs that are coming up. Well, speaking of different sports, on the podcast this week, I am joined with the co-host of four-time Emmy-nominated TV show, American Ninja Warrior, Matt Eisman. I really enjoyed getting to co-host the National Dog Show Junior with him, as well as last week's podcast guest, Lori Hernandez. Matt and I will be talking about how he went from doctor, yes, he was a physician, to comedian, to TV show host, and so much more. Without further ado, here's the episode. Well, welcome back to the Speak Up Sports podcast. This week, I am joined with Olympic commentator who you probably have all seen on uh, commentating on American Ninja Warrior, Matt Eisman. Thanks, Matt, for joining me today. Oh, what a pleasure, Anna. It's, a, it's an honor to be on the podcast with you. So I want to get back to college for you. You graduated from yes. Princeton and yeah. then the Columbia College of Physicians and Surgeons as an official doctor. Yeah, that's medical school. Yeah. But then you went into comedy. How did this all happen? <laughs> well, isn't that a typical career path, Anna? I, <laughs> I have no idea. I still don't know exactly how it happened. I think for me, I, I had never done anything creative. I did stand up a couple times in medical school in New York, um, and, but never thought anything of it. It was just kind of a fun night out. And then as I got into medicine and, and I, I had an epiphany where I realized, Medicine was a great job on paper for me, where I love science, I loved helping people, I, I loved problem solving, but I realized in, in the real world, my heart wasn't totally in it. And it's not a job you can do halfway. So that was when I said, I need to figure out what's going on. And I thought, you know, I've never done anything creative in my life. I'm gonna move out to LA, do something totally different and just clear my mind and figure out what I'm gonna do with my life. And I started performing and I just fell in love with it. And, I, and I'm so happy I took the chance to try something different and feel like I ended up finding what I feel like I was meant to do. Well, that's awesome. You were willing to like take that risk, but like, were you yeah. ever nervous to do it? Oh, uh, totally, totally. I mean, because again, like when I told my friends, Anna, hey, I'm thinking of taking some time off from medicine and going to do stand-up comedy. My best friends in the world were like, you're like the 17th funniest one of our friends, Eisen. What are you, you, you be doing comedy? <laughs> but, but I will say, I think I, I, I knew I needed to do something because I felt, I felt like I couldn't go on in medicine, um, not feeling as passionate about it as I thought I should be because it's so important. You're, you're dealing with people's lives. So th that was what really motivated me where I felt like I can't go on like this. So I had to try to do something. And, and when I started doing something creative, it, it was just, it was so different. And I, I just felt, I felt like if I screw up, nobody dies. I love what I'm doing. And all of a sudden it just felt, and, and then when I decided, all right, I'm really going to pursue entertainment. All of a sudden now there's a fire under me because I am, I'm walking away from medicine, a, a pretty respectable job with a lot more security and certainty to try something ridiculous. So I really had a fire under me and I, it's just, it, it was, so, you know, the, the biggest decision of my life for sure. And, and what the hardest, but it was, you know, I, I think with every, 
every passing day, I feel more and more that it was the right decision. It's great. Well, that's great that you can look back on it and be like, you were willing to take that chance. Oh yeah. Thank God. Thank God. Right. And it's paid off for you. I mean, you've been a host of so many TV shows. Like what do you enjoy most about being a host? I think to me, what I love, what I love about it is I'm an enthusiastic guy and I love most of the shows I've done have been celebrating people celebrate with Ninja Warrior or or on the Olympics or when I was doing live rescue or following first responders. And it's really fun for me to get to tell people's amazing stories and share them with people. But I always say like when I'm doing stand up comedy or whether I'm hosting Ninja Warrior or I'm hosting events with Arnold Schwarzenegger, I always feel like I'm I want people to feel like I'm throwing a huge party. Everybody's invited and I want everyone to have a good time. And I feel like when I'm hosting, that's what I'm getting to do. We, Akbar and I got to host the 4th of July fireworks show uh, on mm-hmm. NBC um, in New York City. And you're sitting there and there are thousands of people live. And, you know, millions are watching. And at the end, we get to, we get to send off the fireworks at the end of the night. And be like, you're welcome, New York. Here are your fireworks. And it's, it's so cool, the things that as a host you get to be a part of and things you get to celebrate. And what's nice is, listen, I've competed. I've I played sports in college. I've I've been on reality TV shows. But when you're hosting, you get to be a part of the drama. But I don't have to risk. I don't have to risk failing. I don't have to risk falling on my face. Instead, I just get to tell the stories of these amazing people. And and that's one of the things on Ninja Warrior that I've, it's so cool that people have had such a passion for this show. And, and that's the reason we, we we have a show is because these people are willing to work so hard to train to do something where the odds are they're going to to not be successful. Their season's going to end failing and falling. They work so hard for it, for so little return and their, and their passion to do it and to be able to put themselves out there in front of millions of people. People can't help but respond to that. I think that vulnerability and that, that courage to go for, for a dream, to go for something amazing. Because in life, I think we, there are all things we want. There are things we, we dream about. And, and sometimes you go for them, but other times, you're too scared or you don't, or you make up reasons why you shouldn't. And that's what I think with Ninja Warrior that's so cool is like you, you watch the NFL, you watch the NBA, you see the greatest athletes on the planet, but they're millionaires. And, and like you look at LeBron James, he's 6'8", 268 pounds. It doesn't matter how hard we train. You're just, sometimes you're not built with that ability. But when you watch American Ninja Warrior and you see someone on there, who's Lance Picas, who's a great guy, but he's married and he's running a ranch and he works full time and he still finds time to train. Everyone's like, wow, that's, that's me. The person at home goes, that's me. I'm, I'm married and I got a job and I don't feel like I have time just like this person, but look at what they did. And I think one of the great things about the show is I feel when with Ninja Warrior, when we share these stories, we make other people wonder what's possible in my life. What more can I do? And I, I think that's one of the things people respond to with Ninja Warrior. It's so inspirational because you really are seeing these everyday people do extraordinary things. Yeah, that's awesome. And I'm glad you talked about like the 4th of July and that you're like having as much fun as you can so that it sort of transfers over to the viewers so that they can have fun as well. And then speaking of the Ninja Warrior, just being like everyday people and people that look all different ways can succeed on it because it's a unique sport. And yeah, since obviously you talked about it's easily relatable to many people, that's how it's uh, 
been able to be a four-time Emmy nominated show yeah. and so how did you end up hosting this show and like how exciting is it to call them so the way I came to host it was kind of luck that they offered they offered it was the first time in my career I was offered a job for people who don't know normally you go in and you audition for something and if you're lucky sometimes you don't even hear about a gig but everything before I'd auditioned for it and for Ninja Warrior I think what had happened was the the show it was i actually wasn't on the first season of ninja warrior that it was on um in america they had another host and then they brought in a new production company or a smith and company who still produces the show kind of take it to the next level and they started looking for a new host and they reached out to me and and offered me the job because they they knew i'd been an athlete they knew i was hosting a show called sports soup where we talked about sports we did comedy um and I remember I, uh, when they offered it to me, uh, uh, the, the crazy thing was, Anna, it was probably 10 days before the show was starting. And you're in entertainment. You know, normally you, you get jobs months in advance, normally, where people are planning and they're loading up. So I think what had happened was they were looking for a bigger name uh, than me at the time. And it it didn't happen. And then they came on me and they thought, all right, well, this is a fit, but it was one of those lessons where I'm like, I don't care. I, I don't care if I'm the 77th person you think of, as long as I'm the last one you think of, because I, that means you got the job. And it was one of those lessons about, you know, you, you to, to have no ego about how they come to get you where for me, I, I'm always like, I, I just want to get my foot in the door because I, I think once I get to show you what I do, um then then that's that's all i can ask for and with ninja it's we're now heading into our 14th season and and it it gets more fun every year for me to do it because now i've been on the show this will be my 13th season on the show over a decade i've known some of these people like joe morowski we watched him come on the show single now he's married with three i think four kids now and we've seen now the the rise of the teenagers where some of these kids who were one or two years old when we started the show, they're now 15, 16, they're competing on the show. They're some of our best athletes. And it's been amazing to see the growth of it. I think that's been what's what's really cool was seeing how many people, how some young kids, I grew up playing um, baseball and soccer. And now there are kids who grow up doing Ninja Warrior. And that's amazing to me. And that's been one of the most fun things was seeing Ninja Junior and seeing these kids who view this as a sport like they do basketball or baseball and to me that's what makes it so fun is just seeing these athletes and the growth this show has had and the growth the athletes have had we've had people meet on the show get married have kids it's a it's a, it's been an amazing journey that's awesome and i bet it's even cool for you as well to see the growth of it over the past decade and a half and then see like how the sport is growing as well and as you talked about the kids valuing it as a sport, just like all of the yeah. other sports out there, even though it's so unique and different from the other sports. But since you've you've hosted it for so long, I'm curious to see if you've ever tried the courses and oh, if you have no. a favorite obstacle. <laughs> okay, separate questions. I will say, yes, I've tried the courses. I've now been banned from trying the courses, Anna, <laughs> because the last two times I did it, I broke my foot and broke my ankle. So oh, everyone boy. on set has permission to tackle me if I even look at an obstacle. My favorite obstacle, there are so many amazing ones, but the one I love is the double dipper in Las Vegas on stage one, where 
you take a bar, you slide down uh, some railings, kind of like Santa's sleigh legs. And in the middle, there's a stopper and you launch in the air to another bar six feet away. And all of this is like 30 feet above the water. And I love that obstacle because you just see people get launched and go for a ride on it. And what's cool is we do a skills challenge. And so we turned it into the Big Dipper Dive Challenge where we take off the second rail and the competitors slide down, hit that stopper, and then they launch into the air. We've seen Jesse Graff do like a double backflip, perfect dive, enter the water. It's just, it's so cool seeing the creativity and athleticism of our athletes. So the Big Dipper slash the Big Dipper Diving Challenge from the Skills Challenge, that obstacle is my favorite. That sounds like a fun one. I mean, a little scary oh. for like people watching probably, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we've seen some wipeouts on there for sure. Well, that's fun. So I want to go back to, I know you've talked about the hosting shows, but you've also been a part of some movies. So what is it like doing shows versus doing movies? So I will say I've been a part of a movie, only one, but it was a big one. It was Transformers 2, Revenge of the Fallen. And that's about as big a movie as you can get on. And my role was about as small a role as you can have on it. But it was really cool because, again, I've, I've, I grew up, movies were sacred to me. I love the escape of going to the movie theater. And it was crazy when I moved out. I, I love comedy. I thought of being a stand-up comedian. I never really dared to think of being in the movies and kind of fell into a role in Transformers. and. Reality TV is really the the basement of 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 prime to, of television where it's you know we love it because it's kind of down and dirty it's inexpensive but it's not viewed as you know it's not the lavish life of Hollywood. When you're working on Transformers too, and we got to shoot at an active Air Force base, Holloman Air Force Base in New Mexico. That's so, so my cool. role, I was a I was an Air Force C seventeen pilot, and we I'm actually we filmed. I'm in the actual cargo plane wearing the jumpsuit of the, of the real pilot, but then we just swapped out the name tag and I'm filming and they're like multi-billion dollar F-22 Raptors in the background. There are real troops coming back from Iraq and Afghanistan who are the background actors, probably like 300 of them with Hummers going around. And when you see the size and scope of movies and the, the amount of money being thrown at it, it's, it, it, it you know, in a, in a single in probably 10 minutes, they would spend more than we'll spend an entire year on Ninja Warrior, at least in that day. Uh, so it was crazy, but it, it was it was fun to do it. But the thing I realized is it's such a slow pace. Movies will shoot for months. You'll do a scene multiple times. I love reality TV where when we're going, Ninja Warrior is real because of competition laws. Everything you see, you get one shot on the course. Akbar and I are calling the majority of it live. We're there for the whole thing live. And you're watching it unfold in real time. And there's something about that excitement that's great because for us, that keeps our energy up because we're watching, we're watching this happen. And we know how much these athletes, how much it means to them. We know how hard they prepared and we want them to do well. So we're just like the people at home getting to be fans. So as jobs go, Ninja Warrior is awesome because it's, it's, it's what I would be doing. I would be sitting at home on the edge of the couch yelling, I just get now to do it on the show. So it's amazing. Well, that's cool that you were able to like 
figure out what you enjoy most, but like with the yeah. Ninja Warrior, now, you can have- Now, by the way, if Michael Bay is listening, the director of Transformers, I'm up for another role. We can bring back my pilot, Rock Fowler, um, if he's listening, because it was fun. But I, but I will never stop doing Ninja Warrior. They, they will have to fire me or the show will go away, but I love the show. Well, I love that you talk about the energy with Ninja Warrior because since you're doing it live, but you can tell how much fun you and Akbar have just yeah. for me when I've watched it. Like you have so much energy and fun, like real time and it's like happening then and there. And so that's cool. Well, that was what was cool when we got to do the dog show um, over Thanksgiving, you were there with, and Lori Hernandez and I got to be there. And, and I think that what's fun is I always want to have a good time. Lori's the same way. And we had such a good time. I thought just shooting the breeze, kind of, you know, hanging out around the dogs and, and getting to watch the show. And it's, you know, I think, Anna, we really get people spend their holidays watching these shows and we get to be there and have a literally a front row seat to some of the coolest experiences. And that's, that's one of those things that's so awesome about hosting again is what we get to witness and, and to be a part of and to share in the emotions of. Yeah, speaking of the dog show, I think it's so special to be there in person live and having the front row seat like you talked about because it's yeah. such a unique experience and different from just watching it at home. But speaking of the dog show, have you ever commentated on a dog show before then? That was my very first dog show. And people at home may not be able to tell it, but I came in there and I said, I don't know a ton about dogs in terms of the particular breeds. And it was really fun to get to learn a lot about it and get to experience it and get to realize how much of it is just the joy of watching these handlers um, with whom they, and they form such a special bond with these dogs. Mm -hmm. And for anyone who's owned a dog to see the, how well they behave these dogs are. Do you remember like the way they, you know, we'd sit there and there'd be like 50 dogs in a ring and they're not nipping, they're not barking, they're not going crazy. Meanwhile, you go for a walk with your dog. My, my dog wouldn't listen to me. She, <laughs> she, I, I know she knew her name, but she would never respond when I was calling her. I know, they're such perfectly behaved dogs. And oh, they're like, goodness. how do they act that like perfectly behaved? And like, right? that's a I sport in of itself. Dogs. Yeah. <laughs> me neither. I mean, the fact that the handlers <laughs> are able to work that closely with the dogs to yeah. be able to work with them. Well, like I saw that. you get to walk a dog. You got to run a dog. You were a natural. Oh, thank you. That was, that was an experience. I'm not sure if I did very well with it, but the, the junior handlers helping me were, were very kind about it. Yeah. They were sweet. Yeah. Yeah. So what was your favorite part about calling it with Lori? I know I enjoyed listening to you guys doing the different dog voices and I, what so you that's one of the things. So I, I for, for those who don't know, we have a show, American Ninja Warrior Jr. And, and Lori Hernandez was our sideline reporter in the first mm -hmm. season. And I got to work with her there. And then during the Tokyo Olympics, Akbar and I were covering, we got to work with Lori again. And I, I just, she is someone who I have so much respect for, not just as a gold medal winning athlete, but really as someone who I think is so, she has such a tremendous personality. And, you know, you know, you've been around a, the, the challenge of gymnastics, the grind, the mental grind for these ath young athletes, um, and I think particularly for the young women, for Lori to have maintained such a, a joy and 
so much personality. It just speaks volumes about her. And so getting to play around with her, because we really, I, I, when we did the Tokyo Olympics, she and I bonded over Harry Potter and she can do the voices of every single character. And we got to do a day where she was acting out the characters and I had to guess them and I got them all because she was so good <laughs> at acting them. But it was so much fun getting to see this woman who is so good at gymnastics and so good at explaining it to people. And Akbar and I were just blown away. Remember the very first day we, we rehearsed with her in Tokyo and she just started breaking down a Simone Biles vault, a vault. And we thought this, she is born to be an announcer if she wants to be. I think she's going to end up being a comedic actress and become super famous like the new Jim Carrey. But uh, um, I, I can't wait to see what else Lori does. So anytime I get to work with her, because I, I love that. Again, what, when I'm having fun, I always want to have fun with the person I'm with. And Akbar and I have a tremendous relationship with that. And Lori and I got to, to do the same thing. Um, and so that's for me, that's so much fun is is to be with someone who you feel like brings out the best in you, makes you have fun too. Well, that's awesome. And I totally agree with you with her talking about how she had to do that mental game for so long on the gymnastic side of it. And, you know, she talked to me recently for the podcast as well with how she had to continue to motivate herself because obviously the sport is anything but easy, but um, yeah. I'm, I'm glad she had fun doing those voices as well. <laughs> yeah. So I'm curious, like, what are the plans for ANW and American Ninja Warrior Junior, you know, going into 2022? So we just announced our locations for American Ninja Warrior season 14. We're going to be starting off in Texas, in San Antonio, in the Alamo Dome, doing qualifying. Then we'll be in Los Angeles um, at Universal Studios for uh, semifinals. And then for the finals, we'll be back in Vegas. Um, we don't know if we're going to have fans. We were able to get fans at the end of last season. But as we all know, the situation is always changing. So we're hopeful. We still haven't heard about Ninja Junior. I'm, I'm, I think Peacock's very happy with it. So we're hoping this summer to do our fourth season of that, especially since in the past season of Ninja, season 13, Caden Lebsack um, and Vance Walker were, were two of our best. And they're, you know, both 16 and 15 years old, respectively. And and um, so we know that American Ninja Warrior Junior is the pipeline for the future of Ninja. Well, that's great. And I bet it's going to be an exciting season with new yeah. obstacles and everything. Oh, yeah. <sighs> Well, I wanted to transition a little bit to a few things that, that you've overcome, because I'm not sure if a lot of people know that, but you've had a, a type of arthritis that have caused you to be a big part of the Arthritis Foundation. Like, yeah. how have you encouraged others to battle through this disease while you're battling through it yourself? Yeah, so I have rheumatoid arthritis. It's an autoimmune disease where my body attacks itself and it tends to cause problems particularly with the small joints in the hands and feet, and then causing some stiffness and inflammation throughout the body. And um, I was diagnosed with it. It's almost been 20 years now. Um, and it really, it, it, it changed my life in that, you know, I went from, so I was 30 years old when, when I uh, was diagnosed and I went from being in the best shape of my life in 18 months to gaining 60 pounds to, being unable to run to being unable to work out at all to sleeping 10 to 12 to sometimes 13, 14 hours a day. I, I just, I became a shell of myself. 
Um, so when I was diagnosed and then got on treatment and got it, got my life back, uh, I felt so lucky that I, I, I didn't want other people to have to, to battle with that. And, and I knew I, I, I was on a treatment that was relatively new that came because people had come before me, that people had raised awareness and raised money to do research. So it was one of those things where you realize, hey, you want to pay it forward and, and encourage the next breakthrough to come, but also to share the story for people who are newly diagnosed, because I, again, I, so I was a doctor, my dad's a doctor, all my friends are doctors. When I was diagnosed with RA, I understood it, but I didn't know anyone who had it. And, and as I looked around, I didn't see people living with it, visibly living with it, doing things. And so I wanted to share my story to say, hey, not only do I have this, but look at this, I'm, I'm, I work multiple jobs. I do stand-up comedy. I travel the world. <clears throat> so people don't feel limited because when you're told you have a chronic disease that, and there's no cure, and it can be intimidating. You start to wonder about the worst case scenario. So I think it's always important to remind people that, hey, life goes on. You know, Things can be great despite having a disease. Well, that's so inspiring just to hear because I know like you being willing to share your stories with others definitely encourage them to be able to go through that as well and continue like working on and doing their lives as well. But not only have you battled that, but you've also had to overcome having renal cell carcinoma too. How did yeah. you fight through this? And like, well, so th this, this is crazy. So the cancer the cancer was a very different experience where I, I, they, they were very fortunate to find a tumor on my kidney when it was very small. So I had surgery. They took it out. It was malignant. They took out just part of the kidney, but they caught it so early that everything was fine. Um, I just needed the surgery. I didn't need chemo or radiation. But the reason they found it <clears throat> was because of my treatment for rheumatoid arthritis, I'm susceptible to infections. And I thought I was having an infection. So a doctor got a study to look at my chest, a CAT scan to look at my chest, to look at my lungs. He's like, your lungs were fine, but we found a tumor on your kidney. And it was so small, it wasn't causing any symptoms, but it was malignant. So the doctor who took it out said, you, if you hadn't found this, we wouldn't have noticed it until it had metastasized and your chances of survival would have been less than 50%. But because we got it early, there's a 97% chance you're going to be fine. And sure enough, I was. So the, the reality is because I had rheumatoid arthritis, they did this test. So rheumatoid arthritis saved my life from cancer, which is a crazy thing to think about. One disease saving you from another. But had I not had it, I wouldn't have gotten the CAT scan and uh, that tumor wouldn't have been found until it was possibly too late. Oh my goodness. I mean, that's so like, crazy to hear but like a small it, blessing in disguise it you know and it's one of those things about when you when you get news um that seems bad you just you never know what it can hold hold for the future and i think it's just one of those life lessons of you know whether you believe there's a plan or whether you just believe you just can't know what the future holds and i think just trying to see the positive in things, which can be hard, particularly right now. But I think that's one of those life lessons that I felt that that was kind of what the message that life was telling me with, uh, with that, that period of my, that event in my life. Well, that's so good that you, you just highlighted like trying to see the positives while it may be hard at some times, like just continuing to oh, see yeah. them. Yeah. Trying to find the positives in 
rheumatoid arthritis and cancer, right? But, but you know, you find But it. you did it and you're yes. still, still going there commentating today. So last but not least, I always like to do with my guests what I call my favorite five questions. So All right. first off, what has been your favorite memory in your sports career as a commentator and why? Uh, as a sports commentator, you know, well, I'll tell you what just popped into my head was I got to host a show called Evil Live with Travis Pastrana, who's um, Nitro Circus. He's a extreme athlete. He recreated this legendary Daredevil, Evil Knievel. He recreated three of his biggest jumps in a single night live in Las Vegas. And I was the host. So I had a front row seat as this guy uh, jumped a motorcycle over, I think it was 50 cars and then over uh, 11 buses. It was the longest jump anyone had ever done on a motorcycle like that. And then he finished by jumping over Caesar's Fountain, which almost killed Evil Knievel when he attempted it. And I got to be there. So when he finished that third jump in the night, he rides right up to me. We're just high-fiving. And it was just such a cool experience to get to feel like, I remember one of my earliest memories was watching Evil Knievel try to jump Snake Canyon, watching that event and feeling the spectacle of it. And now I got to have the front row seat as this guy, you know, recreated those same stunts. So that was one of those memories to feel like, wow, my childhood, you know, short of being Evil Knievel, which I'm too scared to be the guy on the motorcycle. My job's the next best job in that scenario, I think. Well, those stunts seem pretty crazy, but that's oh, cool yeah. that you were able to sort of come full circle from watching that yeah. to then being yeah. there. <gasps> okay. What was your favorite school subject and why? Um, gosh. Probably English class because we either got to read or you got to stand up and opine and like run your mouth. And I always loved... <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably an entertainer. I just love being able to kind of tell stories, I guess, and try to be creative and funny. Um, I did love, I didn't love AP Calculus. I love my teacher in AP Calculus, senior year in high school, uh, Norm Lydeen. We we ended up creating the Pro Math Tour, which <laughs> sounds really nerdy as I'm saying it, but trust me, it was cool. Well, that's fun. I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed yeah. it. <laughs> All right. The next one is, what would you tell the younger version of yourself? Wow. You know, I, I think I would tell myself, go for it. You know, That's go good. for it. I, I, I think, um, you know, like, obviously now being out here in Hollywood and, you know, and, and living this life where I'm getting to do all these amazing things, thinking back, just, um, uh, to, to so many things that in life, I think, you know, whether it was asking somebody out or whether it was, you know, stepping up to put yourself in a position to be in a competition or whatever it was that, you know, we were all, I, I know I was, I was always scared of failing. I was scared to, to come up short in something. And uh, as I see with, you know, the biggest bet in my life coming out to Hollywood, when it works out, it's so awesome. And, and so often you realize things work out because you really it's not luck. You put your, you put your time and you put your effort, you put your heart into it. And good things happen. So I think, yeah, go for it. Just go for things and take your swing. Yeah, I've been hey, watching you... a lot of Rocky Balboa. So <laughs> Hey, that sounds good. You got to go right? for it. Cause you'll never know unless you try. That's it. 
So this is a fun one. If you could plan your ideal day, how do you think you would spend it? Oh boy. Um, it would definitely involve a lot of my friends, uh, probably some golf. Um, yeah, definitely some golf uh, at big me. You know, honestly, it would probably revolve around meals. Oh my God. I'm <laughs> thinking of the food. Um, my, I'm, I'm home in my parents' house right now for the holidays. And we just went to Perkins and I just had eggs, bacon, sausage, pancakes, and French toast. <laughs> I was just thinking oh. that's immediately what popped into my mind on my ideal day. I'm like, that meal's involved in it. Probably the food, probably some golf and definitely my friend. The, the, the thing I will say is I realized the more in life, the, the, the older you get, I, I think the more you appreciate the people you get to do things with, the people you get to share, you know, your life experiences with. Um, and those are the ones, especially the ones who've known you for a long time. And um, those people really are the ones who I, I, I feel like I'm at my happiest. So it, it involved those, those friends and family. That sounds like a fun day and lots of good food included in there. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, it would probably just be like playing video games and ordering Uber Eats takeout from Chick-fil-A or something. That would end up being the ideal day. I want to make it sound dramatic. That's good. All right. Last question is, if people described you in only one word, what do you think it would be and why? Uh, enthusiastic. Uh, I hope more than obnoxious. I think enthusiastic. I think that's, that's uh, you know, obviously I'm Ninja Warrior. I think that's, I always said that's, that's I felt I was an a naturally enthusiastic person and I found a career where I get to be enthusiastic. So I think people would describe me as that as someone who I, I want to have fun. I want everyone to have fun. I want us to have a good time. Um, and when we do, I get so excited about it. So I think enthusiastic would be the way. I hope people would describe me in a good way, not too obnoxious. Well, that's awesome. And you, I can definitely say that you seem like you have a lot of fun on Ninja yeah, Warrior and in the dog I show. Do. So that would be a good one. <laughs> well, thanks again so much for coming on the podcast. I'm so glad we got to talk and learn about your story from medical school to comedy, now to commentating Ninja Warrior and more shows and everything in between. Well, Anna, I, I'm glad I get to be here because I, I can't wait to see how your career unfolds and what awesome stuff you get to do. But I'll get to say, I knew you at the beginning or at the near the beginning. Oh, thank you.